Lord God, we thank you that you always have something to say. But unlike us, um, it's something worth saying. <laughs> we don't always have something worth saying, but you do. And so, Lord, that's why we come to your word. And so, Lord, we just ask that our hearts and minds would just be open um, and receive. And, Lord, I thank you that you custom make. Um, Lord, something you speak to us today may not even be in Melissa's notes. But because we're open to you, our minds open to you, Lord, you will use what she says and you will use what she's written. And, Lord, you will have a word custom made just for us to strengthen us, to heal us, to convict us, to challenge us. And, Lord, we want to position ourselves with an open heart and an open mind to receive what you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Um, I just want to start off by saying you guys are just ridiculously awesome. Just, I kept tearing up this morning because, you know, it's so beautiful, this and that. And I even just even had a baby like anyone else in the room. He just gets emotional. But so good. So good to see what God's doing um, in the community. It's not about what we do. It's about what God's doing. So thank you for being awesome. I really love it. Love seeing that. I, I was in a meeting this week. And um, one of the questions that was asked to me is, you know, what would I like to see happen with the situation we were, were looking at? And I surprised myself with my response because my response was, I wish it went back to what it was like two years ago. And I could have caught myself and went, wow, how many times have I thought, I wish it would go back? Remember, remember two years ago? No masks. No wondering what COVID would look like or what it would do. No idea that two years later we'd still be dealing with it. Anyone else wish they'd go back? Not just with COVID. Go back maybe to a relationship when everything was just so romantic. Ever wanted to go back to your job when your motivation was super high? Back to the car you loved, the pet you adored, the freedom you had. Is it just me or you ever feel like, oh, remember that? Remember that? We look back with fondness sometimes and longing when things get tough, don't we? When we lose something we love and sometimes we start living out with really weird behaviours because we're trying to hold on to something that's, that's been and gone. Something that's not ours anymore. So today we're going to pause in the book of Hebrews. I've been reading through the New Testament uh, this year and I've hit Hebrews and I'm just got stuck there. I'm loving it. And I was saying to Andrew uh, yesterday, I'm just, there's so much in Hebrews. I could preach for a year just out of Hebrews, like just a phrase or a, a verse or, a, you know, it's, it's so exciting. So if you ever want something to read, read the book of Hebrews. And, and Hebrews is, is a great book, probably written um, by Paul, but they don't really know. Written after um, Jesus ascended, um, Paul was around. Um, but before the temple was destroyed. So it's in that period um, when the church was just gaining momentum in all kinds of places. But this is probably near Rome, these guys were, were heading. Um, and they were people that were, um, people that left Judaism and they've turned to Christianity. And things were starting to get tough. And they start going, wait, it might have been better with what we had before might have been better how it was 
before. Let's look at Hebrews 6, 9. I think it's up, hopefully coming up on our screens. It's on your sheets if you don't have it anywhere else. Hebrews 6, 9 says, Dear friends, even though we say these things, we are convinced that better things, everyone say better things, better things are in store for you and that they will save you. Anyone looking for some better things today? Oh, I'm so ready for some better things. Because this writer of Hebrews is saying, don't go back. Don't go back. There's better things. There's better things. Now look at the person next to you say, don't go back. Don't go back. Some have been tempted lately. This is for you. Don't go back. Don't go back to the old way of doing it because this new way is better. Now in, in Rome... Um, the, the Nero was about to persecute the Christians in the most horrific way. He was just mad in what he was about to do. And some people might be being persecuted right now. And this is for you. Don't go back. You might not be under some crazy leader that's causing all kind of drama for you, but there might be some other way that you need to start to live by surrender and grace instead of being constantly tempted to be in control. Don't go back to that. The writer's saying, Jesus is better. Now, he says this many times in the book of Hebrews, and there's a a Greek word. I'm not really big on learning Greek words because, you know, where am I going to use them really? Um, But there's this Greek word that's used 13 times in Hebrews about being better, and it's the word, I've got to get it right, kritone. It's spelt cretin. Quite interesting, but it's pronounced kritone. And it means better. And it's translated in several different ways in English. It means superior or supreme. But mostly it's, it's translated as better. Jesus is better. Now, if you want a fast overview of Hebrews, I'm the, the dot point person. So here you go. You ready? Jesus is better. He's better than the angels. That's chapters 1 and 2. He's better than Moses and Aaron. That's chapters 3 to 6. He is a better priesthood. That's chapter 7. A better covenant, chapter 8. A better sanctuary, chapter 9. I love that. I'm going to do a sermon one day on the temple, the tabernacle, the holy of holies, and how Jesus came to fulfill all of that. I am so excited. I don't get excited about buildings and stuff like that, but I've been reading it and seeing how Jesus has come. His blood on the mercy seat has for once and for all sacrificed so that we have that freedom and forgiveness. We don't have to do it every year. We don't have to walk around going, I'm waiting for the time that the priest will go in and sacrifice for me. Jesus has done it. Isn't that exciting? I'm excited about that. That's another sermon coming up in the future. Okay. A better sanctuary, chapter 9. A better sacrifice, chapter 10. He gives his people a better life, chapters 11 to 13. A life of faith. Here's a better hope, a better promise. Wow. Don't you want to read Hebrews now? Oh, mate, get it out afterwards. You'll love it. It's great. When we see Jesus, we see God the Father. And through Jesus, we understand where everything came from, where it is going, what keeps it going, and why it's here. I love this line. It is a perfect sacrifice by a perfect person, to perfect some very imperfect people. I'm in that list. Are you feeling a bit imperfect today? (laughs) So if Jesus is better, how is my situation getting so much worse? 
Now, normally I give you headings of, you know, this is what it's going to be like. Today I've got questions because why not mix it up? It's 2022. So the first, the first question in our sheet, number one, is, if it's better, why does it feel backwards? If it's better, why does it feel backwards? Do we confuse what feels better with what is better? Our feelings are so fickle sometimes, aren't they? So fickle. You know, sometimes we think other people's lives are so much better than ours, don't we? We look at them and go, oh, put it on Facebook. Look what they got. Look at their perfect portraits that they got done of their family. You know, the sun's just in the distance, lovely lighting. Okay, my kids won't even sit still and smile the same way. better. I thought I'd be better by now. I've been on this Christian journey for so long. I thought I'd be better. I thought that I'd be better at some things. I really thought that I would have nailed some things by now, but I haven't. But you are. Look where you are now. You're in church on a Sunday morning. Some time ago, you wouldn't even thought of that. Remember when you weren't even going to church? Look at you now. You're here. You're doing better. If you could see my family, if you could see the thoughts I didn't act on, if you could see the temptations that I did resist, I promise you I'm doing better. It's subjective and it's relative. And it's not about me becoming better. This is about God working in my life. It's not about me. It's not about how hard I try, because I can try as hard as I want, and it doesn't make me better. It's God working in me. I can do all things, not because I'm good, but because Christ is in me, through Christ, in me. Hebrews 10.23 says, Let us hold firmly to the hope we profess, because we can trust God to keep his promise. He promises to be with us. He promises to walk with us. He promises to change us. He promises to work in our lives, to work through us, to impact the world just because we're available to Him. How amazing is that, that God would choose to work with us? Now, what the writer of Hebrews does, uh, if you read the the entire book, is he goes backwards to remind the people of what God has done in the past. He reminds them right back at the beginning, God rescued and redeemed his people. He brought them out. He walked with them. He looked after them. And sometimes we need to sit down and we need to write where we came from and to remind ourselves. I mean, in the Bible, they have stones all over the place where they set up to remind people of what happened in that spot. This happened here. This happened here. If you got saved here in this building, you might remember where that was. You might remember coming down the front. Or a few years ago when we extended, it might have been in the first row there that you got saved. Maybe you got saved in a different place. But these are the kind of things that we have to remind ourselves of. Otherwise, it gets too hard. And we start thinking maybe it's not working. Yeah, I remember when God told me all kinds of stuff that's just broken my heart about how much I mess up. I've had to go make it right. Changes your life. We need to remember where we came from. 
God isn't going to stop rescuing and leading us. He never stopped rescuing and leading his people and he's not going to stop leading us. We need to remember. Now, what we do need to know about the people that, of Hebrews that they're writing to, they weren't like the criminals. They weren't threatening to go back to a life of drugs and assaulting other people or anything like that. These were people that were, were going to go back to their old religion. Sometimes we want to go back to old ways of doing religion. Instead of living in freedom, we want to go back to hang-ups and rules and, and have-tos. And Jesus is about freedom. Jesus is about giving us freedom to be ourselves, to take those masks off our faces and let people see who we really are. Don't go back to hiding to pretend that you're being this good Christian. It's okay to mess up. It's okay to be honest about that. And I love that as a church, it's our values that you just come as you are. Come as you are. If you've had a bad week, come anyway. You know, you started drinking or you started picking up something that you knew you, you shouldn't be touching again. Just come anyway. Why, why else would a church be here if it wasn't for people like that? And sometimes we've done ourselves such a disservice across the church that we've wanted people to act a certain way and be a certain way to be sitting in our congregation. And that's the last thing we want. You know, we want the people who have no idea what the Bible actually looks like or which way to hold it. Come. Yeah, you don't have to live a certain way. You don't have to know things to come. Just come. Because I guarantee you God's going to love you into salvation. And your life will never be the same again. You know what else? The people that are saved, it affects us, doesn't it? Oh, it does you good to hear the testimonies, doesn't it? It does you good to walk with someone that doesn't know Jesus and they make that decision and then their life is transformed. Wow. I couldn't imagine doing life any other way. Remember the past to move forward. Don't give up, it's better. Um, this year, um, a strain of the year, Dylan... Alcott. Absolute legend, isn't he? A guy who plays uh, tennis, has a wheelchair um, with disability. And I love his, his speech. I listened to his whole speech um, when he got the award. And, and it really struck me. There's something I want to read to you. He said, I love my disability. Wow. I love my disability. It's the best thing that ever happens to me. It really is. And I'm so thankful for the life that I get to live. And he goes on to say, you can honestly not pay me enough money in the whole world to ever do it because I love the person that I am and the life I get to live. And I'm the luckiest guy in this country easily. Wow. I didn't expect that. Pretty sure he didn't wake up every day saying my life's awesome. We had to go some, through some pretty dark days to get to where he is now. But he's landed in a really healthy place of not only accepting his disability, but being grateful for it. And that's a challenge for us in our struggles. When are we going to get grateful for our struggles? I'm not there yet because I hate things that slow me down and trip me up and I, I, I don't like it. But that's the goal. Be grateful for what God's doing in me because it's showing his power and his glory, not my weakness, being the forefront. It's all about him.
Remember how God worked in the past and move forward. Number two, second question. If it's better, why do I keep struggling with it? (laughs) You came here for the good questions today, didn't you? Why do I keep struggling with it? Have you ever watched something new? Someone learning something new? Like someone learning how to do a sport or um, learn a new skill, language or something like that? Uh, Our daughter Eden, she loves gymnastics and and I remember when she decided she wanted to learn a, a few bendy things. Um, so she learned how to do uh, a, <laughs> a backwards handstand, go backwards into a handstand, and then flip over and stand up. Now, I'm not going to lie, this took a long time for her to nail. And she got frustrated and she got bumps and she hurt herself, she'd fallen ahead, all kinds of things would happen. But in the end, she finally got there. In the end. She finally got there. Many days of practice to get there. And that reminded me of um, <laughs> when I started learning how to play bass guitar, right? It's, I'm still learning, so don't expect a lot of me. But it's really hard. It looks easy, but it's really hard. First of all, you've got to get your hand to do something really unnatural. It's got to go this way and, and look like it knows what it's doing. And, and then I had to learn, instead of using just one finger to go everywhere, you need to use more than one finger. Like Gary said, Melissa, you need to use it. I'm like, but they don't work that way. He said, you need to practice. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then I worked out I could use four fingers, but this little one, I mean, your little finger's got no use at all, seriously. It's, got, it's not strong. It, it doesn't work. So I was holding the, the, is it called your neck of your guitar? Is that what it's called? Okay, good. Still learning. Um, I was holding it like I was drinking a cup of tea, you know? <laughs> So I look on the old videos of me playing up the back and I'd have my little finger sticking out. I'm like, that's not right either. <laughs> it's not right. And then, and not only that, so I'm practising all the things. You've got to hold it right. You've got to get everything ready. You've got to learn what you're doing. And, you know, I'm never going to be as good as Gary. It's just magnificent on it. Like, I want to be like you when I grow up, Gary. Seriously. But so you're still growing up. <laughs> but then there's this hand. This is the one that actually, you know, makes the noise, right? So... Still very technical of me, right? I, then I'm, I'm practicing one day at home, and Talia says to me, because she used to learn uh, a few years ago, she said, Mum, why are you plucking? I went, What are you talking about? She said, You've got to glide. I'm like, What? <laughs> so I tried it. And you know what? I got worse. <laughs> I had no control again. I was playing at the wrong time. I have this every so often, this boing, big note coming out. I'm like, What is this? And I keep thinking to myself, I just want to go back to what I know because I know I can make it happen that way. And then I kept practicing and practicing and one day it just clicked and I started to sound better. Not great, better. (laughs) I started to sound better and it made sense to me. Sometimes in order to get better, we have to go backwards. Hearing that? Sometimes in order to get better, we have to go backwards. When you've been doing wrong for so long... The right way feels awkward. It feels messy. It hurts. It doesn't sit right. And you've got to use all your little brain cells you've got left to to make it work. And you get it wrong. And you get it wrong. (laughs) And you get it wrong. And then one time you get it right and you go, you know what? It was slow and it was really messy, but I did it. And you keep practicing. Sometimes to get better, we have to go through bad You might be feeling today that things have been going backwards for you and that's all bad. 
And the temptation for us when God is doing a new thing in our life, He'll be teaching us to forgive. He'll be teaching us to get over our fences. He'll be teaching us to trust Him. He'll be teaching us to be generous and not live by our feelings or to manipulate to get what we want. But then we look at how shaky we are. Just like playing a guitar badly. Playing the notes so, so slowly. I wonder if I'd be better off doing it the old way. And I go back instead of moving forward into better. This is the season when God is fixing your handle on your life. This is the season where he's fixing it. And you might feel like you're going backwards, but you're moving forward if you stick with it. Don't get flaky. Don't hide. Don't quit. They're old behaviours. You're better than that. You're better than that. There's struggles, but the new way is better. What's better, Coke or Pepsi? Water. Water. (laughs) Option three. Sleeping in in the morning or going to bed early the night before? (laughs) Queensland or New South Wales? Oh, had to ask that one. Heaven, all right. Krispy Kreme or kale? I know. See, one nutritionally is so much better. The other one, the flavour. Apparently. Apparently. Better is relative. Better is relative, isn't it? We all have different opinions about what's great and what isn't. Otherwise, there'd be no market for new stuff. You can't go back. We have something better. When we get depressed, we stop believing that. When we get uncomfortable, we stop believing that. And we start controlling like we used to. We need to go backwards to get better. In my life, I have to accept that sometimes loss is the way to gain. I have to be settled in my mind and heart that sometimes the most painful moments are the most purposeful moments. I have to be comfortable in my life to stop comparing myself so much with people who are not meant to be the standard anyway. Jesus is better. Sometimes we get intimidated because we're not as good as the Christians in the room. Yeah, they look good, don't they? Pray long prayers. Sometimes they are. Have you ever bought a new computer? Yeah, you go to the shop. No, we don't. I go to the shop and, and when you're looking at them, you'll say, which one's better? And the salesperson will, will usually ask the question, well, what do you want to use it for? What do you want to use it for? Because better is relative to your purpose. So we may think, think that someone else is smarter or taller or faster than us, But maybe God needed someone that wasn't so fast that he would have someone that would be able to notice things because they weren't rushing all over the place. That was just for you. (laughs) Maybe God needed someone ignorant enough to show his wisdom. Maybe God needed someone humble enough to show that it's not about me, but Christ in me. 
Why are we comparing ourselves to everyone else? God didn't make us looking alike for a reason. He gave us all kinds of different gifts, all kinds of different abilities, all kinds of different passions, all kinds of different purposes in life of how we're going to live out serving him. One goal, but different ways to get there. Hey, we're there to serve Jesus, but we're going to do it differently. I know some people in this room will never get up on the stage and speak into a microphone. And that's okay. We don't expect you to. But there's some people that do some awfully brilliant stuff that the people up here on the platform just can't do. No, this is the seen stuff. The unseen stuff is so much bigger. And the people that call other people and check on them, people that visit other people, people that drop in food to people, I mean, we don't celebrate that. We don't see it. We're not promoting it. But it happens. And it's magnificent. It's just magnificent. We're not the same, and God doesn't expect us to be. And do you know what? If Jesus walked into this room, none of us compare to him anyway. He's the most loving. He's the kindest. He's the most compassionate. He's the most awesome out of all of us. It's not even a competition. And what if better was not what God is doing for you, but what God is doing through you? What if? Do you know they couldn't recognise Jesus when he came as a baby because they were looking for something better? And they didn't recognise Jesus as he was dragging a cross through the streets and then dying on it for everyone's sins because they were looking for someone better, a Messiah who would come. What they thought they were looking from and what was actually right in front of them. It's crazy. They missed it. Just missed it. Just maybe we have exactly what we need right in front of us today, but we're searching, searching for something better, pushing that aside and going, but wait, I want more. There must be more. And God's saying, your bed is right here. Your bed is right here. Your bed is right here. It's possible that the better is right in front of us and we don't even recognise it, so we don't receive it. Sometimes we're so used to bad that when better comes along, we push it away. And sometimes we go back to bad because it feels better. We keep looking around and never feeling enough and comparing ourselves to the things that were never meant to be our standard because the only standard that's worthy of our comparison is Jesus. What God is doing is better. Do you know, some of the, the best things in our life have come through, not the things that we hoped or prayed for or asked for, but the things that we're currently working through. The things that have been tough have become the better stuff. This letter to the Hebrews makes it clear that the only person who deserves to hold the primary place in our lives is Jesus. And while we're busy idolising other things and moving up the corporate ladder and getting stuff and placing all our hopes in our kids, Jesus offers us something better. A better position, a better priest, a better covenant, 
a better hope and a better sacrifice. And it's only when Jesus is in the rightful place in our lives that everything else falls into place. You're getting better backwards. It's by his grace and his mercy, not our efforts. And what makes us better to do the job we were called to do is the fact that we know that we cannot do it on our own. And that's what makes us better. Has brow bow together and pray. Can you guys put the um, slide up for me, please? The prayer. If you want to uh, make a decision today to become a Christian, that's my first question today. You, if you would like to, if you've never made a decision or you've, you know you've walked away from God and you, and you want to come back into a relationship with him today, I would love to pray this prayer with you. So I, told, I know I told you to bow your heads. <laughs> Let's read from the screen and read this prayer together. And if you're agreeing with this in your heart, um, that's all you need to do. Agree with it in your heart. So let's read it together. Dear Jesus, I need you and believe in you and I receive your forgiveness. Thank you for dying on the cross for me and for giving me life and eternity. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Now, if you've made that prayer today your prayer, uh, I encourage you to get in touch with us either by your care cards or send us a message if you're online and um, let us know because we want to walk with you on your journey and, and give you the support you need um, to be a Christian in today. But maybe today also you feel like you've been wandering in the wilderness and you're tempted to go back to the old life. And that's the other part of the Hebrews is, is they were Christians, but they're still baby, babies. You know, they're still needing... You know, the, the, the baby formula, the milk, instead of doing something solid on their own solid food. And repenting and believing is absolutely necessary to being a Christian. But it's our launching pad, not our parking lot. It launches us into a future with him, not somewhere that we dwell and just continuing to commit to Jesus, commit to Jesus. You know what? You can commit to Jesus every day, but we've got to start doing things as mature Christians. And so let's finish with Hebrews 6.1. It's on your sheets. And it says, With this in mind, we should stop going over the elementary truths of, about Christ and move on to topics for more mature people. We shouldn't repeat the basics about turning away from the useless things we did and the basics about faith in God. God put his word in our hearts and he transforms our character. But we need to work with him on this. And that's my challenge today. If you've made a decision to be Jesus, are you working with him? Or are you kind of just pushing him out going, no, nah, God, no, nah, no, nah, that's enough. <laughs> Become a Christian. What more do you want? God's going, I want all of you. I want all of you. I want your day. I want who you are at work. I want who you are at school. I want who you are when you're out with your friends. I want you to grow so that the person who's on the inside it's the same as the person who's on the outside. Hey, that's the no fakeness. That's the no fakeness. And that's really hard to learn sometimes. But Jesus is better and he will help you do it. Let's, ben, why don't you come up, please? And um, I don't know what song you want to do. You can do whatever you want. Um, but if you would like to respond today, if you just want to come and kneel and stand at the mercy seat and, and whatever God's been saying to you, 
respond to it. Okay, it's not about, um, really, the, the songs are great. The, the worship this morning was amazing. Jesus speaking and, and being able to sing the truths is, is awesome. But God wants to peel apart our heart and make us more like him. Will we let him today? So I encourage you now as the band sings and plays that do business with God. You might want someone to pray with you at the front. We can do that. You might want to just come out and pray on your own. You can do that as well. Jesus is better. Jesus is better. Jesus is better. Let him be better in every part of my life.